0: What's up, everybody? This is Keith from the Bronx Lounge, thanking you for tuning in to today's episode as Cav and I break down all things Yankees baseball and have a great time. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge for daily Yankee content and to join the awesome community we hope to build. We hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoy making it. And without further ado, sit back, relax. Let's talk some Yankees in the Bronx Lounge. (music) got hold down the city, 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 city New York.
1: gotta let you know where I come from. Gally, from Gally, I got hold down the city Hello everybody, city. welcome back to the Bronx Lounge know Podcast. The Yankees get embarrassed in Miami. Lose two out of three. Yet another series loss for the Yanks. This one really disheartening. Probably the worst loss of the year on Sunday. We'll talk about it. Good morning, Keith. How you doing?
0: Uh, good morning, Cav. Uh, before we get into everything, I just want to s- celebrate the final episode of season one. So, <laughs> congratulations to us. Yep, yep. Um, season two is on its way. Next series after the Brave series. That's that's a really great way to start off um, season two. But I'm not good, honestly, Cav. I'm not good. I'm pretty annoyed. Um, and I've just been annoyed since really, like, since the deadline mostly. I've been really just aggravated. And. Not gonna lie, these series aren't really helping. In that case uh, concerning the fact that how they lost really, really the two games that they lost were just really aggravating. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not really in a good mood. Um, kind of just lost all hope after this one. Not gonna lie, that was really it. That's kind of my selling point. Uh, the White Sox series was like was a selling point, but now that you lost to the Marlins. Now, mm, yeah, now that's that's definitely that's definitely it.
1: I mean, honestly, we should have seen this coming because. Before the series even started, we got horrible news um, in terms of the injury department. Another guy in the rotation goes down. Nestor makes one start, goes back to the IL with the rotator cuff. They're saying it's still strained. I'm starting to feel like there might be a slight tear there because I don't know why he would spend this much time on the IL with a rotator cuff strain. They said he's not going to pick up a baseball for another month, and that means that he's most likely done for the year. So uh, yet another injury in the rotation for the Yanks. Nestor goes down again. He made one start and he was brilliant, um, and that's all we're going to get out of him. And I think that'll probably be it for him for the year. So it's, I mean, that's that's not great news to even lead into the series. I mean, when when you now look at the rotation, you all you obviously have Cole, Clark, and Seve, and now it looks like it's probably going to be Brito and Vasquez unless they're going to you know toy around with one of those days, maybe do some openers you know, for Brito and Vasquez, I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. But now with Rodon on the I.L., I mean, if you like, i just a little off topic, but if you look at the projected starting five for the Yanks coming into the year, Cole, Rodon, Nestor, Severino, and Frankie Montes, the only guy left, uh, I mean, well, Severino's left, but he's not what, you know, we thought he was going to be, but the only guy left is Cole. I mean, Mathis hasn't done anything for this team. Obviously, Rodon, you know, figuratively speaking, hasn't done anything. Nestor's been, you know, hurt all year too. So, I mean, the 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 starting rotation is just is just an absolute shambles right now.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely annoying because Severino still sucks. I mean, we didn't get to see him thankfully, but um, thank God. Yeah, but we saw another opener. <clears throat> I feel like those have been more common in these. Uh, <laughs> his past couple series, especially with the depleted rotation. But, yeah, I mean, like, dude, the expectations coming into this year, literally on paper had one of the best rotations we'll probably see. I mean, Frankie Montes has your five. Like, that was, like, that was it. This was the this was the year where, like, you know, we were kind of – I guess we were going to just bank on pitching to really carry us through and, you know, see what happens. And, then unfortunately, it's just, it's just not how it went. And, I don't know, I'm really just, like, deflated after this one. This one, like – I don't know, you just know those series that, like, just, just. Uh, I don't know. I really don't. I don't know how they feel either. Like, I, I don't even know if they're, like, still confident because there's no way you can be.
1: Well, I mean, the biggest thing is that, like, the Yankees continue to lose these series. But the teams that they're fighting with are not. I mean, Seattle, you know, had a rough had a rough weekend. But, you know, they played some close games and they've been winning as of late. So they can they can handle one series loss and a very close series loss at that. Boston wins a big series this weekend. Boston's now two games ahead of them in the standings in the wild card. So like, you know, the teams in front of them, Toronto is not stopping. They keep winning. And so you're not you're like you're you're no longer just treading water by playing mediocre baseball. You're now losing ground. They're now five back in the wild card. And I mean, Miami, although they had a really good start to the year, Miami hasn't been good as of late either. So coming in, Miami is not one of those, you know, upper echelon teams that, you know, you can look at and be like, okay, well, you know what? This team is really good. I mean, they're clinging on to that last wild card spot right now. Um, They're a half game up on Chicago and, uh, and they've been struggling as of late. So, I mean, this series was not, you know, a series where you're going into a tough environment, you know, against a, you know, a good baseball team. I mean Miami's had their struggles too. So, I mean this series again it just it, it it just shows that they just continue to they just continue to find ways to lose games. I mean, the first two games honestly in in my opinion like the first two games kind of went as planned. Like I know you know they get a, they get some really good offense in game 1 and you know, you know, Randy looks good. They do the opener. And then in Game 2, I mean, Sandy Alcantara, even though his numbers aren't great this year, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And, like, you're going to get shut down by those guys sometimes, even if you're a really good offense. So, like, I didn't even, like, you know, take Saturday, take Saturday's game as, like, even, like, so much of a negative. You got shut down by a, by a great starting pitcher. Like, that's going to happen. But Sunday's a whole different animal. And, again, like, it's just about putting series together. Like, you can lose that game on Saturday – and still feel good you know you can get shut down by sandy he goes nine innings but if you know and you can come back and win on sunday take the series and it doesn't matter you know and that's the thing that the yankees haven't done this year and it's really starting to hurt them and treading water just it's just not realistic for them to stay in it anymore it's just not
0: game two didn't bother you
1: it didn't i mean because we know this offense isn't great and Sandy, even though his numbers aren't great this year, he won the Cy Young last year. You, if you watch that game, you see the filthy, the filthy stuff that he has. And like, there, you know, in every single baseball season, no matter what team you are, there's going to be days where a starting pitcher is gonna just gonna absolutely shut you down. And they came out, they scored nine runs in the first game, and Sandy just absolutely shut them down. And to be honest with you, I kind of expected it. Like I, I knew coming into the game that Sandy was not having the year that he had last year, and you know, we say this all the time, but it's like, you know, he's going to get right against the Yankees. And I just think that that happens from time to time where like, you know, a a stud starter is going to shut down a team and you kind of just have to like, you kind of just have to be willing to be okay with that and move on. And they had, they still had a chance even with that, you know, complete shutdown to win this series. So game two didn't bother me a ton. I kind of feel like that's going to happen from time to time. And you kind of have to live with that.
0: This year it's not really a time to time thing because I feel like this year especially <clears throat> we've been getting shut out by like the worst pitchers ever. Like for instance, Jamison Tyone and like Patrick Sandoval, like really. But Who
1: Tyone, by the way, yesterday gave up another eight runs, but he shut the Yanks down about a month ago.
0: Yeah, he gave he eight inning shutout last time, so I mean I don't I just don't I don't understand that. And yeah, I I personally was a little upset at game two with the fact that I mean, Sandy, Sandy. I mean, Cy Young last year and, you know, not really having all of his best. And I mean, I just thought that after pretty much an offensive onslaught in game one, I thought that was, that was, that was it. And they would probably figure it out. And I kind of, I kind of noticed and really kind of just accepted the common theme this year of pretty much like teasing everyone in game one you score a bunch of these runs pitching looks pretty good and and locks it down and then games two and three just some bullshit happens where where you either don't hit at all or you just blow the game completely and it's literally it's literally been getting getting hopes high just for a series win and see we can't even get that so i've just lost a lot of hope to be honest with you um
1: yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, in Game 2, though, I do think that you did see some good things on the other side, though, because Brito looked really good. Brito goes five innings, one earned with six Ks, uh, after Michael King gives a two-run homer in the first inning to a rise. So, like, I, I, I know that, you know, we've we've had this song and dance all year long with the offense not being able to do anything, but I think it's really frustrating when they don't do it against a pitcher who's not good. Like, you know, Tyone's the perfect example. He's been the worst pitcher, I think, in baseball this year, and they the and they got shut down by him. But Sandy's not that guy. And, like... You know, for Brito to go out there, you know, obviously with all the questions we have in the rotation now, for for Brito to come out and and look as good as he did in Game Two, and then even like Randy in Game One, he was okay, three and two thirds, two earned. He wasn't great, but I mean, to see to see that, I don't know, I I, I just didn't I didn't think Game Two was as big a deal because I think at home, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball, it's just gonna happen from time to time. I, I think. You know, there's almost sometimes nothing you can do about that. You could tell he was on. I mean, his pitches were absolutely filthy. That sinker that he throws is better than Clay Holmes' sinker. It just is. Like, that sinker is ridiculous that Alcantara throws. it, it It's crazy. And I don't know. I just – I think there was, like, good things on the pitching side other than Michael King. And I think there are, you know, some positives you can take out of that. I don't think that's a loss that, like, you can look at and be like, oh, you know, we, we dropped the ball on that one. I think that was just one of the best pitchers in baseball. Being on, and you know, sometimes you can't do anything about that. So,
0: I, uh, I wonder, how, like, how high of like um, hopes do you have for this team, like making the playoffs? Like, do you, do you, like, genuinely think? And I just this is going to lead into another question. This is why I'm asking. So, do you, do you think this team makes the playoffs?
1: I don't. I think okay. I think I think they'll finish over five hundred, but I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. They're losing too much ground in the wild card, and like those, you know, the other teams that they're fighting with are playing good baseball. Seattle's playing good baseball. Toronto is playing really good baseball, and even Boston's starting to play some good baseball. So, like you know, they I, the the treading water thing is just not gonna work. They're not getting enough guys back healthy in the rotation. Even if even when Rodon comes off the IL, he wasn't good. You know, do we have confidence that he's gonna come back and you know light a fire under this team? No. Like I think they'll finish over five hundred but I'm starting to really feel like they're not going to make the playoffs.
0: Okay, so that leads into now, I mean, all year the offense sucks, like, just bad. Um, I feel like for the rest of the games going forward, one, we're going to expect the offense, like you kind of said right there, like, you you know, we kind of expected the offense is not going to be good. So I feel like for the rest of these games, are you kind of just looking at, like, things that like like you said like how Brito had a good start like are you just looking at things at this point where you're just trying to build like we're just you know building things off of a certain player that we have like let me do have like you know I don't really care about Harrison Bader going one for three not gonna lie but I'm saying like you know Brito or <clears throat> or you know Judge being able to get back in the full swing or like Volpe like you know guys like that like the like when they start to get on hot streaks like this is what we got to look for now
1: definitely I mean Volpe hitting two home runs in this series is a nice oh, thing yeah I thought he had yeah, some good cool. bats I thought his defense looked pretty good. Like, you know, you want to continue to see for the rest of the year, him continue to develop and have better at bats, more consistency, Brito and Vasquez, you know, see if they're going to be, you know, at any, at any juncture, a part of this future, you know, if, you know, they maybe you know, turn into maybe bullpen guys later on, or if they have potential to maybe be in this rotation longer term, definitely see things like that. You know, I, I want to see Peraza come up. I want to see what he's got, you know, you know, Bowers even. Is Bowers going to, you know, start to figure out? He's really been struggling. I think he had five strikeouts yesterday. I mean, those are, yes, yeah. you're totally right. Like, those are the things that if, you, if you're if you not going to make the playoffs, those are the things that matter. Bader doesn't matter. Severino doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, they just don't. You, I mean, I, I'm a big Cole guy, so for the rest of the year, I'm going to be rooting for Cole to, you know, get finally get that Cy Young that I feel like he deserved a couple of years ago. And, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's what when you when you're a team that doesn't make the playoffs that's exactly how you have to think that's exactly how you have to think
0: yeah well i don't think they're thinking that i think they think no. let's push to the playoffs we're almost there we're just one we're one step close i don't i don't know rodan if you saw the other day <clears throat> um i think it was yesterday he was he threw around like 40 pitches in a bullpen sesh so that's uh that's relieving i guess but you know who knows what we can get from rodan just because of You know what he provided but um let's get into these games um because why not kind of what we have to do uh judge makes his nice return in uh with a fucking bomb in game one um the offense shows out really like i said you kind of wanted everything in this in this game to uh happen you know you wanted the offense to show up and you know, we kind of seeing what would happen with the uh, with the new opening strat, and you know, you had Vasquez come in for this one, um, and he did, he did he did he did fine, he did fine. Um, you know, Hamilton kind of kind of struggled a little bit early on, and then Vasquez picked it up. But I, I mean, I, the pitching I thought did pretty fine.
1: Yeah, the pitching was fine, and when 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 Hamilton opened in Chicago, he threw ten pitches. It was a one two three, and we I, I, I at least I did. I talked about you know bring him out there for the second inning. You know, if he's going to look good in the first, give him another inning. And he gave up two runs in the second inning. So, you know, I kind of, you know, had egg on my face there. But, yeah, I mean, Randy was okay. He wasn't great. The back end was really good at the end of that game mm. uh, to really shut him down. And they were able to get a couple insurance runs late. But, I mean, yeah, the game, the game, uh, game one was really – it really was about the offense because, I mean, they did give up four runs, you know, in the early innings with Randy and Hamilton. But the Volpe three-run homer in the second inning was huge. And then bomb, Judge, right back. Judge was a bomb. And, you know, they just continued to tack on runs as the game went along. And that's exactly what you want to see from from an offense. And it was a lot of guys, a lot of different guys contributing. IKF continues to contribute. Um, Cabrera with an RBI single, a two-run single in this one. Higashioka with an RBI single in this one. So they had contributions from a lot of different guys. And that is... That is what makes offenses good. I mean, the, you can have the, the best top three hitters in baseball at the top of your lineup, but if your five through nine doesn't do, you know, can't do anything, it's going to be really hard to put together games where you, you know, consistently score like they did in this one. I mean, they scored early, they scored late, they were able to tack on insurance, you know, made the last couple of innings a little bit less taxing for the bullpen in terms of, you know, higher leverage. So it was a really good offensive win you know, they played a little bit of small ball. They got 14 hits in this one. I mean, when's the last time, you know, they had 14 hits in a game. feels like, feels like last year. So like this was a, this was a good win and it was, it was good to see, you know, some of these guys, you know, produce a little bit.
0: So before, um, like towards earlier, like our earlier episodes, we were talking like Anthony Volpe around the time was a pretty big conversation just because of like, he wasn't doing good. Literally like clearly was useless. um, I'm going to be honest with you, he's had, like, a really good month. Like, this month, he's been a very good month for Volpe. And this, ser- this series especially, I kind of, because me and you really touched on the fact that, like, you know, strikeout rate was high, and, you know, the contact, he just, he had to figure that out. But the power was there. And I honestly feel like a lot of the, his swings recently, like, like, he's getting really good fucking barrels on him.
1: Yeah, no, he's definitely making better contact. He's having better at bats. The average is consistently staying over 200 now, so he's not having, you know, those those big, you know, dips and the highs and lows exactly, which like is what I want. Like I don't care if the for this year the average stays low. If it if it stays consistent and, you know, we see consistent at bats, I'm okay with that. And again, like when we were talking about him earlier in the year and, you know, how, you know, they maybe possibly needed to do something with him, that was when the, you know, the, that was when we still fully had, you know, we were fully under the assumption that this team was like going to be a contender. Now that like you, you know, now that they're in the position they're in, Volpe's doing fine. Like Volpe's fine. We want to continue to see Volpe doing what he's doing. The, the The whole problem with with him early in the year was that we had high expectations for this team. When the expectations lower, you you give more of a leash to Anthony Volpe because the the team has now changed. We just talked. You asked me five minutes ago if. You know, we wanted to see the young guys. We wouldn't have said that early in the year. We wanted to see the the guys that we thought were going to be producing, bringing us, you know, to where we wanted to be. So, yeah, I, I think Volpe's done a really good job. The defense has been really consistent all year, and his at bats are starting to look better. You're starting to see some adjustments, and that's exactly what you want out of a rookie. I mean, he wasn't going to come out and, be, <clears throat> excuse me, he wasn't going to come out and be the best hitter on this team. I mean, he just wasn't, and you got to know that coming in as a rookie. So, I think he's done a really good job, you know, coming in. Putting in the work, he plays almost every day, consistently enough in the field where you know you can continue to let him work through his offensive ups and downs, and the ups and downs are starting to be, you know, starting to become a little bit you know lower. So he's definitely I, been good.
0: I think he has actually played every game <clears throat> that he, uh, this season.
1: <clears throat>
0: so that's a yeah, that's a pretty uh, that's pretty cool. And I mean, Judge Judge has a bomb. So yeah, I mean, team gets fourteen hits to kind of do the thing. Um Jonathan Jonathan Lewisica returning. It's always fun to see him do good. I'm a big Loaziga guy. Um That was really it, man. I mean I wonder if they're ever gonna call it Pereira. Like I wonder when. That's when they say they're go- they, they said they're going to. That's the only reason why they didn't make a move, so.
1: Yeah, I mean who who's the move right now? I, I guess it would be probably Cabrera still. I I mean i feel like that's almost i feel like that's almost counterproductive though because i feel like you kind of want both of those guys on the roster like if you're going to go in and you know say like we're gonna we're gonna get young we're gonna see what these young guys have i feel like this waldo cabrera is part of that it's not jake bowers i guess maybe billy mckinney unless they're gonna shut down judge like so i don't know like that's a that's a conversation too because i i feel like sending down one young guy to bring up another young uh, young guy it's almost a little bit counterproductive i feel like if you're gonna go that route you need all of them up you know like that's Waldo needs to be up. You need to see what you have with him, you know? So, like, and I know he's – I know he hasn't had a good year, but I just – I don't know. I kind of feel like that's counterproductive. So, like, what would be the move there, you know? I
0: mean, I'd probably personally go, like, McKinney or something, but I don't know. I don't really – yeah, dude, I'm, Jake Bowers did not have a good weekend. No, he was awful. He was yeah, awful. like, a, that was a bad – bad hitting. And he dropped – he, like, just dropped uh, a – Fucking throw it, throw to first. He just dropped it.
1: I mean, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but in that game three blow up yesterday in the ninth inning, that Arias triple down the line, that that could have been stopped. Like, he dove and it went under his arm. Like, that, that could have and maybe even should have been stopped. I mean, when you watch it, like, in slow mo, it went off the bat, it looked like it was just a triple right down the line. But they showed the replay in slow mo on the post game, and I mean, probably a ball that. I mean, he he dove, so maybe not probably, but I mean, I think a a good first baseman stops that ball. To be honest, I like,
0: do you th- do you, is that a Rizzo? Is that a Rizzo play?
1: I think it might be. I mean, honestly, it wasn't a hit like super hard. It wasn't a scorching ball down the line. It, 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 I don't know. It just you know, at some point, go back and watch the replay, and if you if you slow it down, he dives and it goes right under his arm, not even his glove. He like over jumped. He overdove and it went like right under his arm. Just, just, just interesting. I'm not here to crap on Jake Bowers. He's been fine. But I mean, even if you look at like his overall numbers now, I mean, his, his batting average is down at 217. His OBP is under 300. It's at 295. So like for a leadoff hitter, he hasn't, I mean, the overall numbers for a leadoff hitter, they just aren't great. You know, a 749 OPS, like he's been fine as a whole, but as a leadoff hitter a 295 OBP is, is low. So you know, everybody loves Jake Bowers, and Bowers isn't the problem, but it was a bad weekend for him, and now when you, you know, start to, like, look at his numbers, they are going, you know, they are going down. <laughs> they are.
0: Yeah, he's not had a good August. He's batting 170 with a 230 on-base percentage and slugging 320. So, um, yeah, not really his greatest, uh, like, thing ever, but – or stretch ever, I should say, in the month, but, I mean, what do you expect out of a guy that's pretty much a rental? Uh, I don't really, kind of what I, that's kind of how the, how I feel about it, I don't really, uh, like a lot of those guys, honestly, like, even when Willie Calhoun was here, like, I kind of felt the same, which, by the way, we never touched on, we never got to, so we never, like, pointed out the fact that Willie Calhoun got DFA'd, and that's just insane, man, yeah. why? Why, man? That's my favorite.
1: I mean, because he's he, there's no there's no flexibility with him. If stands, no, honestly, stands in the honestly, lineup, you can't play him yeah. in the outfield. You can't play him at all. One thing honestly. on one more thing on Jake Bowers, he's pre-arb eligible still. He's not even through arbitration yet, so he he's a controllable piece. He's not a rental, and so like if they do like him, and and I do see things with Bowers that I like. I like him as definitely as a bench bat. Like definitely.
0: There's a lot of people on that pre-ARB list. I'm actually going to find that while you're talking about it.
1: I mean, like, Bowers could definitely be around for a couple years because he's ARB eligible next year. So uh, he's a free agent in 2027. So if they wanted to go through arbitration with him and keep him on this team, they could keep him on this team without having to give him a contract, an actual contract, until 2027. I mean, this year he's still, you know, under team control, and then he starts arbitration next year. So, I mean, they definitely do have some control with Jake Bowers, and I think Bowers could be, like, long-term – A valuable piece. I mean, he's a lefty bat with some pop who has, you know, some, you know, who has solid at bats off the bench, who's got some outfield, some corner outfield flexibility, and he's not great out there, but, you know, he's shown that he can hold his own and he can also play first base. I think definitely as like a bench bat, especially at Yankee Stadium, I think Jake Bowers could be like a piece next year off the bench that, you know, could be valuable. I think. You know, as a starter, I think he might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think you could definitely have, you know, Jake Bowers on the bench and him be like a very productive and important piece on on, on a team. Kind of like what IKF has been this year for for them. Hmm.
0: Yeah, so Bowers is pre arbed, um, Cortez, Loizaga, King, and Trevino is what I see so far. So those are the guys we have control over. Yeah. Okay.
1: And, I mean, even the guys in arbitration, you have control over. You just – it goes – Yeah, but
0: you can let them go, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and you just have to pay them, you know, whatever the arbiter, if you guys can't agree. But, I mean, yeah, they do have, like, they do have some pieces, you know, some, some okay. good pieces too that they still have control over.
0: He's had a really good fucking stretch, man. And he was, like, a, honestly a pretty big name in the past few podcasts. And I'm surprised we actually didn't talk about it because we talked about a Bader one. A Gleyber Torres extension. It's such... Dude, it's such a weird tie. And it's so... It's so funny because so many other teams with, like, you know, with with a guy like labor like, so many other teams would just be like, like, yeah, like, that's a second baseman that you'd want. Like, that's a good second baseman. But for some reason, it's just... I don't... I don't know. It's just the fact that they don't have a good relationship with the guy, clearly. Um, and he did, like, in, like he can get in those really, really, sh- like, really inconsistent bad slumps. But, I don't know. When he's on, he's on. I'm like, I don't know. Glaber Torres' extension such a big, like, deal.
1: I mean... Offensively, he's had a really good year. I mean, 269 batting average, 337 OBP, 778 OPS, and a 2.2 war. And he's been pretty consistent all year, actually. Like, in the past, Glaber, his biggest problem has been consistency. He'll have, like, the huge ups and downs offensively. He's been pretty consistent all year. I mean, he just had an 11 game hit streak yesterday get broken. He's been, like, he's been pretty consistent. But, you know, what we can't forget as Yankee fans is the stuff about Glaber Torres that does drive us crazy because when we were at the game a month ago against the Cubs, they should have won that game, but Glaber bobbled the ball at second base. And there are things about Glaber Torres that still are not like good aspects, you know, of a baseball player that will hurt you like in, you know, certain situations. I mean, in, in the game yesterday, he had three stolen bases, but we've seen him make a lot of boneheaded, you know, plays running the bases as well. I mean, it, it, he's definitely a polarizing guy because, like, his numbers are good, but they're not great. He's just been so much better than so many guys in this lineup this year that, like, it feels to us that he's been, like, so good. But, like, his numbers are good. They're not great, though. I mean, you know, his OPS is still under 800, and, like... You know his OBP isn't crazy high. You know he's not slugging a ton. He does have 18 home runs. Like he's been, he's been a good productive player at the plate, but like he hasn't been like an all-star level player. So no. like, it, so it's it, it is it is interesting because like I feel like some people f- like feel that way about him this year, but I think that's more of like how bad everybody else has been and not how good Glaber's been.
0: Yeah, I think it's only because of the fact that. Like if Gla- if that was Glaber's numbers on, let's just say the start like like la- the start of last year's offense, like you know, then you probably wouldn't even have like any sort of consideration. But
1: yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, well, like- I mean,
0: I mean, well, actually, I'm gonna backtrack because I, I don't know, he is, I don't know, I still think it's a pretty good year. I think it's like I think that's, I think that's a typical average MLB player right there.
1: Oh, no, I mean, definitely, but, like, even if you look at, like, his stats last year, I mean, he, he ended up with 24 home runs. He's at 18 right now, so he'll probably end up with around the same home runs. The OPS is right around the same. The batting average is right around the same. The OBP was, uh, is a little bit higher right now than it was last year, but maybe that'll go down. Like So, like, even, like, think about, like, what he was last year. He's pretty much been the same player this year. Pre, he's pretty much been the same player that he was last year this year. But, he's, but, like, it wasn't a big deal what he was last year because we had other guys that were contributing we not had not Mac like, carpenter. Like, yeah matt carpenter Aaron <laughs> judge had 62 home runs like you know rizzo rizzo had 34 i believe it was home runs like there uh, was yeah. other guys that were contributing so like it wasn't like Glaive when we when we talked about glaber last year there was there wasn't you know nobody was fantasizing over glaber torres last year and his numbers are probably going to end up in the same exact spot that they did last year
0: yeah i don't know i think that's a big conversation i feel like you don't really i feel like especially there's not really a whole a uh, handful of second basemen that really, like, are out there. I mean, they're kind of...
1: I mean, Oswald Peraza.
0: Yeah, well, whose decision is that, not ours? I mean... Unfortunately.
1: I don't know. I'm not saying that I wouldn't extend Glaber, but I, I, I think it is an interesting conversation because I think he's gotten a lot of love this year. And he, and he deserves some love because he's been very consistent. But, like, if you look at his just his, his numbers in general, they're just they're exactly what they were last year and we weren't loving glaber last year and glaber's bad moments are really bad so like i don't want people to forget that just because he's been you know really consistent offensively and probably been the only guy who's been consistent
0: all right take the gm seat right here right now you get this is you know we're right next we're right up against the fucking deadline to where you can even sign anyone all right you giving it to him
1: If the if the money's right, then probably because I I also don't want to
0: Are you like that. I feel like, like that's I feel like that's a contract you got to give Glaber like five six years.
1: Probably and I and I that would honestly like that would worry me a little bit. I'd be I'd be happier going around three four with a guy like Glaber, but that's probably what it's going to end up being. And I mean, obviously the the Yankees have the money to spend, so like he's not going to break the bank, but I don't want him to crowd a spot for somebody else. And like I feel like long term now they, they don't see DJ as a guy who's gonna have a solidified position. He's gonna be the roamer. And if Donaldson is obviously not coming back, if they're not going to if they're going to play say is going to be the third baseman next year, then I have no problem with them re signing Glaber. But if Glaber's gonna be the reason that Oswald Peraza sits in the minor leagues again next year, then, but, but, then, yeah. then we might. Then I have a different tone of it because I do want to see Peraza. Like to me, to me, playing Peraza next year is more important than keeping Glaber Torres. It just is. I, I feel like Peraza is more a part of the future than Glaber is. So if Glaber getting extended is going to hinder that happening, then I'm out. If it's not going to, and they're going to say, "Listen, we're going to play Peraza at third, DJ will roam, Glaber will play second, everybody's happy," then I'm fine with that.
0: See now, this is where see that's where they that's where they messed up before because we passed on Seager and we passed on Correa because of Volpe. Like we, you know, they messed up before. I mean, Seager, my God, I would have how much I would love Corey Seager in a Yankee uniform right now, but that's a conversation for another time. Let's get into game two. Um, yeah, uh, Alcantara does his thing, shut us all out, shut our hearts and. The offense goes dead. You had five hits. Um, I don't know. Kind of sucks. Really it to me. Johnny Brito had a good uh, thing. Michael King is not good in the first inning.
1: No, he's not. Not good in
0: the first inning.
1: Were you listening to the broadcast? What did they say on the broadcast? I forget the exact stat. I think his ERA is in like the 8s or something in his career in the first inning because people kind of forget. Like When King came up, he was a starter. So like King did start some games early in his career. But his numbers are not good in the first inning. And they made that very clear on the broadcast. And once again, it rings true because (laughs) he gives up the two-run homer to a rise. And that's all the Marlins needed offensively. Even if they didn't tack on that run off of Brito in the fourth, they would have won that game 2-1 on the two-run homer given up by King. So once again, I mean, the other thing is I actually do want to have a conversation about this because they did say that they were thinking about possibly trying to stretch Michael King out and maybe, you know giving him a couple of starts instead of either Brito or Vasquez. And I wanted to get your opinion on that because we obviously know that Michael King is one of the higher leverage guys in the back of that bullpen. So like, would you be okay with them stretching him out and taking him out of that high leverage role, you know, and maybe giving him a couple of starts, or would you rather them just, you know, keep him back there and, and see Brito Vasquez and maybe open with, you know, Hamilton and, you know, the guys that they've been doing already. I'll let you think about it for a minute. I'll get my answer.
0: I'm gonna. I'm honestly gonna say no. I don't like it because of the fact that one. I mean, you can always use the analytic, but yeah, the historically he sucks in the first inning. Um, two. I feel like he's just. <clears throat> you know, I know he got into that weird stretch in this year, but I feel like he's so important in that back end to the point where, like, I don't know. I feel like getting getting rid of that is now. It's easily. I feel like it's also easily replaceable, but. I don't know a like guy like him in the back end is really something that I just wouldn't want to get rid of like that, and I don't know, especially especially if they have a plan at pitching.
1: Yeah, um, I am okay with it actually. I see this as here's how I look at it. So you take King out of the high leverage spots. You need to replace him with somebody. You can't just you can't just keep that void unopened. But Luizica just came back. If is right, yeah. you know, you give him a little bit more time. Luizica can easily know, step Luizica, into that spot that Michael King's in. Everybody, sh- everybody was crapping on it when it happened, right with Sobe because they didn't do anything else. But Keenan Middleton is kind of filthy. So, like, Keenan Middleton can also be a guy that, look, if he continues to pitch well, we could see him in higher leverage. So, like, I feel like if you completely take King out of the equation in the bullpen, you still have Clay Holmes. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. You still have Wandy. You still have Lewisega. You still have Kainley. You still have Keenan Middleton. I mean, those are all guys that you could trust in the back end of games. And so, like, and that's all without Michael King. So if Michael King, the only thing that I totally agree with is the first inning stats, because the first inning stats are really bad. But at the same time, even with those stats, if you, like, if I'm the manager, if I'm Aaron Boone, and I have the option of starting Randy Vasquez or giving King a couple of innings early in the game and then going from there, depending on how the game goes... I think I'm taking Michael King to be honest with you, and Randy's numbers are great. His ERA's under two, and Brito, you know, just just went six innings strong in this in in this series. But I still have more trust in Michael King than two of those, than either of those guys. So like to me, if you know, I think he can figure out the first inning enough to where I, I have more trust in him than I have trust in Brito and Vasquez, and I don't think it would hurt the bullpen enough to where it would be too much of a risk because you you can just have the go step right into you know, what King's been doing, you know, now you, now you have, you, you have Middleton now who looks really good. And I think it wouldn't hurt the bullpen as much as people might think because the wiser comes back. So I think the, you know, their thought process here is okay. Now, like if they do it and he continues to struggle in the first inning, then they obviously pull the plug, but I don't think it's a horrible thing to take a shot at because we do know how filthy Michael King is. So if he can figure out the first inning, I I want him starting games before I want Brito or Vasquez. I just do.
0: Okay, so while you were going on your little rant there, <clears throat> I looked up Michael King's starting stats. Um, in his career as a starter, in eleven games, he had he's zero six with a six six four ERA, um, a one point seven WHIP. Um, he's given up six home runs and around forty seven hits in that in in that time frame. So, um, so yeah, that's that's Michael King as a starter kind of um and it's weird because you wouldn't expect like you know that's a guy that you'd expect to just you know that's that's a, that's the first inning you know that's a one inning you need to really get yourself going with and you're you're a one inning guy why not be able to get out of that easily and he's just for some reason not good as a starter and as a as a um, like against the against the first couple guys and it's weird because actually well I mean like in 2021 that's where we really saw a lot of Mike King in the starting in that starting spot and it was just—it really just wasn't like I don't know—you just felt it. It just wasn't working out. Like he, like he would pretty much be the opener, and like it was just—he was always giving up a home run or something. So it was like, all right, come on, Mike. But and then he finally got, then he finally went to the pen, and now, <clears throat> you know, now, and the guy's really good. So it's like, you know, and I don't know. There's 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 two ways to look at it. He's also—he's really big on—he really—he wants to be in that rotation. Like he said like he like he's excited for it he was excited for it so I mean I don't know it's it's definitely something to that can be considered and it's funny because last week we were talking about how they should consider more openers and since that they've done like three or four openers so
1: yeah and I mean I also don't think it's a bad thing even if even if like it doesn't work out him starting games. I also don't think it's a horrible thing for him to be stretched out more than he is.
0: I see. I think this year is such an. I think this year he. I so like. I honestly would just let it. I don't know. Would you let it ride out this year? Like, would you? Would you take him out of the of the back end bullpen rotation and slide him in the four or five spot for the rest of the year?
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just slide him in and say that's it for the rest of the year. I wouldn't because he does have a track record. Like you've just brought up like that of him not being good in his start. So like if, you know, if you do that twice and he's not good, no, then you don't do it. But I also don't think it's like, I guess it depends like really how much confidence you have in the other guys in the bullpen. And obviously after a game, like the game yesterday, it's going to be a little bit skewed, but I feel like I have enough confidence in the other guys in the, in the back end of the bullpen that if you can stretch out Michael King to maybe be able to throw like 60, 65 pitches in an outing, I mean, that gives you even more flexibility even if you're going to keep him in the bullpen. I mean, if you if you know you have a guy that is going to, you know, that can throw 60 65 pitches in a game, if one of the starters doesn't have it, you can pull them early and 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 keep yourself in the game, you know, by bringing him in and giving some length to to bridge him to the back end guys. I I I also I just don't think it's even like a horrible idea even if he's not going to end up starting games. I just don't also think it's a horrible idea to stretch him out and when you have All these other guys in the back end of the bullpen where I don't think it's going to hurt you too much to do so. I just don't think it's the worst thing in the world to stretch him out and give yourself more flexibility with him to also do other things in the rotation when your rotation is so banged up. Like if Brito comes out and you can tell through two innings he doesn't have it, but you're still in the game, then you could bring King in. You you know, King can pitch three through six and you can get to the seventh inning with the back end guys and keep yourself in the game instead of, you know, having Severino continue to go out there when you, you know, know he doesn't have it, have him pitch four innings. And by the time he comes out, you're not bridging it to the back end guys because the game's over. So like, I just think it just gives them more opportunities and more flexibility. And I just don't think it's a bad thing for them to stretch him out a little bit more than he stretched out now, regardless of what they do.
0: Yeah. So uh game two, they lose, they, um, they get shut out. Um, Sandy. Yep, Sandy did his thing. Um Game three. Probably the worst loss of the season. And every year every year there's always a good handful of those that are in contention for worst loss of the year. But I don't know. What do you rank this one? This is pretty this is it's definitely like a top three this year. Definitely top three this
1: year. This year for me it's one.
0: One, yeah. yeah. Which I there was another I can't think of the other one, but they're uh it really wasn't that long ago they had a shit loss. I can't remember. I'm going to look it up right now, but yeah, I don't know. Do you want to go ahead and rant? Cause you were pretty pissed off.
1: Yeah. Um, it's tough because if I break down the whole inning, I mean, starting before you even get to the ninth inning, the Yankees controlled this game. I mean, Yuri Perez is one of the best young pitchers in the game. <clears throat> and You know, he didn't have a great start. They score some runs, and they go into the ninth up up 7-3. The Rockies, by the way, sorry. Rockies, yes. Yes. Oh, that one, yeah. Brian Hoke actually tweeted that out. I should have remembered that one. But (laughs) 7-3, you haven't won a series in forever, and you're up four runs in the ninth inning in Miami to win a series. There's a lot of pieces of this ninth inning. Starting with the Yuli Gurriel double, and the Yuli Gurriel double is whatever. It was a good at bat by him. It wasn't a horrible pitch by Clay Holmes. He took it. Then you have the just the absolute veteran smarts of Yuli Gurriel on the ball that was hit to shortstop because he completely shields Anthony Volpe from seeing the ball. Volpe has to dive to make the play. He can't throw him out at first, so it's an infield single. And I think a lot of that played because Yuli Gurriel just stood there right in front of the ball and didn't let Volpe, you know, get, you know, full range to see the ball right off the bat all the way to it got to him. All, both of those are well and good. I don't really mind either of those. Clay Holmes got a ground ball and Yuli Gurriel had a really good at bat for the double. Like those two at bats or whatever. And you're up by four runs. So those two guys don't even really matter. Like, Those two guys get on. He struck one of the guys out. So there's two on with one out. You're up four. You're still in a fine spot. You handled Jazz Chisholm all series. All series you kept him at bay. 3-2 pitch. You throw it pretty much in the dirt. And Jazz absolutely bails you out by swinging and fouling it off. Once he does that, you have to throw him a strike. You have to throw him a strike. You cannot walk him. He, throw, he throws a ball five feet inside, not even close, and the bases are loaded. That's that's the first that's the first piece of the ninth inning to me that was that was really really angering.
0: And this next one's insane.
1: Then hold on. I, I don't want to miss anything, so I'm gonna pull up the fucking
0: I think this is where Clay kind of doesn't know about yeah. okay. Perfect,
1: Perfect. Yes, Fields. You're, right. you're right. The comebacker. <laughs> This is the worst part of it all, because you have bases loaded one out. You literally get handed by the baseball gods the double play ball to get you out of it. Josh Bell does not run well. The ball gets hit right back to clay. If he fields it cleanly, he could throw to work that at home and almost definitely get Josh Bell out at first games over unscathed. You don't even give up a single run. 7-3, 7-3, you win the series, everybody feels good. Nobody even cares that Clay let the bases get loaded because he got out of it and it doesn't matter. All is well and good in Yankee land. He bobbles it. Okay, so you're going to give up one run. You're up You're up four. It's okay. Just throw him out at first, get the second out. And he throws Yanks, it on the freaking line. Yanks. Like, and freaking, who was it? Uh, Paul said, I think it was Paul on the broadcast, said that he's a sinker ball pitcher, so, like, it's tough. He threw a sinker. Hey. <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. You're a baseball player, dude. Like, I don't care what you throw. Like, you need to get it to first base. You just do. You just... Like, Paul I mean, Paul said he
0: threw a sinker to first.
1: <laughs> well, he he didn't directly say that he threw a sinker <laughs> That's to funny. first. But he was like, well, he is a sinker ball pitcher, so it's... It, he I think he was like, it might be hard for him to throw the ball straight. Are you kidding? Okay, then, me?
0: Yeah, that's that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make
1: Come sense. Come on, like really, yeah. like okay. So when you're so when you're tossing, you know, when you're tossing in the bullpen, you know, warming up, you don't throw the ball straight. You, you just throw sinkers even when you're just like short tossing, warming up your arm. No, you throw the ball straight. You're a freaking baseball player. Yeah, then you shouldn't the that straight? be something?
0: Yeah, then shouldn't that be something that should be evaluated in spring training when Clay Holmes can't do a fucking PFP? Like
1: <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. And then you get the the arise triple to, to clear the bases and tie the game. Again, I, we talked about it earlier. I thought maybe Bowers could have knocked it down, but whatever. And then they go to Kainley, and I didn't even mind the Kainley the green, uh, the Can- okay. because Kainley is a ground ball guy with the changeup. So, like, you know, Clay Holmes obviously didn't have it. You take him out. You go to another ground ball guy. He walks De La Cruz, and once De La Cruz steals second, first base is open – Jake Berger's been the best hitter on the Marlins in the series. He killed the Yankees all series. He had an OPS at like 1.2, 1.2 in the series against the Yanks. Once first base opens up, you have to walk him. You just have to. You throw him. He threw, He throws him a change up right, right up, right down the middle, and he rips it the left field. The three biggest things for me in the inning are the Chisholm walk, the comebacker that you don't field, and not walking Jake Berger.
0: Yeah. That sucks. It sucks. It's was pretty, it's yeah. Honestly, alright, so I was I was at the beach during this and I'm glad I was, because Yeah, but um Unreal. Uh you wasted a you wasted a Garrett Cole start. You know, you didn't that's I'm surprised you didn't start off with that. Um yeah.
1: It's I'm just so used to it now that it's it, it doesn't even yeah. need to be said.
0: Yeah, six innings, two earned for Garrett. Um his thing for Cy Young, trying to get it, um, you know what's funny is, um, well, there's two things that are funny, one, Ben Rortfett had a home run yesterday, that's funny, two, Ben and Rortfett's and fucking Garrett Cole's interactions on the bench are some of the funniest, like, they're funny, dude, Garrett Cole is definitely, like, like, that meant, like, that really aggressive, like, you better get your shit together type mentor. Like God, like he's, he like, he late like you can tell he just like, he, he lays it all on fucking on Ben Rourkevet when, when something goes wrong. And I love it. Honestly, I think it's funny.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. And I I honestly think, like, I don't think it's like in a, I don't think it's in a bad way. I think Cole likes throwing to Rourkevet. And I think, I think Cole's just so, so intense when he pitches that like Rourkevet's the guy that's out there at war with him. So like, He's gonna hear it, and like I, I, so I don't think it's like a, you know, screaming at Rourke Vet. Like he doesn't like Rourke Vet. No, 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 no. I think he's. I think Cole's just so intense when he's on the mound, and like Rourke Vet now to him is is his battle horse. Like that, that's like he's going to war with Ben Rourke Vet now. I, I, that's pretty obvious. So like, I, 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 I like it too because I think it's. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good relationship that they're building, and I think Cole's just so intense that like it doesn't matter who it is. Like he he's gonna be fire like that when he's when he may, when he's out there pitching.
0: Guys like Garrett Cole and Judge, they're, like, they're, like, the guys in the dugout that, like, you know not to not, like, you can't say anything back to them. Like, if they have, like, they're, like, the principals. Like, if, they, if they're, if they like, all right, you guys got to do this, they're going to do it. Like, you know, like, that's not, like, you're not going to mess with fucking $600 million right there combined, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it just sucks, man. Um, you know, not to mention they left a lot of runners on base, um, I don't know. I, I really, it really, this loss especially kind of just really sold it for me. I, this is like, you know, once again, probably worst loss of the year. Um, and you know, you, you just lose hope right there. I got stay I guess a uh, you know, I mean, not really like bad, bad, bad Miami team, but you know not really a great Miami team. and uh, it just I don't know. I, I've honestly, at these series now, especially, I feel like we are the worst team. Any like these are the series we would come into and be like, okay, you have to win this. No, like at this point, it's like it's like, can you win this? Can you win this series? Like, and it's actually insane how we actually got to that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, my, like my point about like the three things that bothered me <clears throat> about the inning is like is like Miami didn't win. Like we lost. Like yeah. we gave them that ninth inning. You know, like Clay Holmes gave Chas Chisholm the walk. Josh Bell gave them the end of the game on a silver platter on the comebacker and Holmes couldn't field it and then couldn't and then threw it away. And then you literally have an opportunity to put their best hitter in the series on first base and deal with another guy. And you let him hit like you literally, you lost this game. Miami didn't win this game. You lost it. Like a though the Arias hit and the Guriel double to start the inning were the only two hits that are like, okay, like it is what it is. Like, Aris is going to hit the ball like he just is. Like you, you, have to deal with that. Everything else in the inning is just self destruction.
0: Yeah, Volpe had another home run. Um, <clears throat> Giancarlo had a cool rip to left field, um, and then yeah, like I said, Ben Roethlisberger had a uh, hit his first home run as a Yankee. So that's uh... actually is that like his first career home run?
1: No, not his first career home run. He had a couple in Minnesota, but it's his first as a Yankee. And by the way, uh, I bet on Stanton to hit a home run last yesterday, and he didn't. F- yeah, how do you go back to Miami and not hit a home run the whole series? How does that you happen? Bet on that. Yeah.
0: Was that a big bet?
1: No, it wasn't a big bet. But I mean, how do you go back to Miami where you won an MVP, hit fifty-nine home runs, and how do you not hit a home run the whole series? Come on. Because he's batting 206. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that first at bat, that first at bat yesterday against Yuri Perez. Oh my three god! Three, three, oh three, three my god! Three sliders in the same spot, five feet out of the zone. Dude, they dude. were the exact same swings. They were horrible. It was horrible. They were the same swings. It was awful. It was that awful. was
0: like, dude, that was that was like, the, like that's the worst you can ever see Stan. Like, did you see like? all flailing arms and he's just sitting there like shit like he's just gonna do it again and he just kept doing it oh my god
1: crazy yeah unreal
0: yanks uh they find themselves in last place again in the al east um let me just get the uh complete fucking standings correctly um I can even pull that out, but yeah, uh, you know, Yankees. They have uh, Atlanta next. <sighs> that should be really fun. Um, yo, did you see all the stuff going on about Wander Franco?
1: I did actually. I saw it Very the
0: crazy. Very crazy. crazy.
1: That could that could be that could be big for Tampa. They haven't been playing great, and he's 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 the he's the guy on that team. He is. Yeah. So like, if, yeah. if, if something is actually going on there, then that could be interesting. But I mean yeah i mean if you can't even if you can't even beat miami up four runs in the ninth how how are we expecting them to do anything against the atlanta braves no yeah yeah two games back
0: of boston now um in the um in the wild card uh and we're about five games out of the wild card itself so as i mean as the days go on the the chances get slimmer and that's that's really what it's been um so yeah, the uh, we're going into Atlanta. Into Atlanta. That's even fucking worse. Um, yeah. So that's great. Let me just make sure I can get the uh, the correct starting pitching. Okay. Yep. Atlanta, so we're in Atlanta. Atlanta next week. Clark, uh, Clark Schmidt gets the ball tonight. Um, Severino tomorrow on TBS. Yippee. And then the opener with with uh, Randy Vasquez. I guess that's. I think that's the in spot for uh, Rodon. So um, yep. That's gonna wrap it up for the Bronx Lounge. Um, another just a, just a tough man, just a tough one, man, and and these just get deflating. Um, next episode is going to be season two, and that's exciting, because if everything goes correctly, we should be on YouTube and finally have like visual podcasts out instead of it being on only two things. So now it could be on three things. <laughs> And we can get ourselves going here. So check us out on all things socials and all socials at the Bronx Lounge. We'll be back with you guys on what is it Thursday? Thursday, we'll be back with you guys right before the Boston series, recapping the Atlanta series. Cavi, you got anything
1: else? Yeah, I, I want to. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's listened through the first season. Um, we're we're just getting started. Um, nothing nothing crazy yet. We're uh, we're really excited. We're having a good time. Hope you guys are enjoying what we're putting out if if anybody has any you know suggestions or um any advice for us moving forward we'd love to to improve improve as much as we possibly can yeah Um, we can take we can take heavy
0: hits we've been taking it all year so i mean that's it uh
1: but we're having a really good time and we appreciate you guys listening and uh excited for season two and uh this is just the beginning let's go yanks